This is my 100th episode. I cannot believe it. I truly cannot believe it. Um, And I just wanted to say a couple of quick things before we jump into the episode. I thought about doing a whole episode of reflection, but honestly, no. I want to get right to the moms that are sharing their stories because that's why you're here. Um, It's that validation that you get every time you realize that another mom is going through a similar situation as you and struggles with those same feelings of doubt and shame and guilt um, and those challenges that we have. And so I just thought I would take a minute to thank you first and foremost, because this wouldn't be a thing if you weren't listening to it, right? The fact that you are listening is because these moms who are bravely sharing what it's like to raise a neurodivergent child you're connecting with them. You are recognizing that there's a common thread between us and you want to hear more. I feel the same. I I want to hear more too. Um, I can't tell you how great it feels to record with a mom. And then, you know, afterwards, it's just, I'm on cloud nine after having met her because we have so much in common, just dealing with the struggles that we have. So I used to be a blogger on the side, not for any money, but I just enjoyed creating websites and um, and writing. And I blogged for, I think, seven years. I had a bunch of different blogs. I enjoyed it. I liked putting myself out there. I liked being vulnerable with people about what I was going through. I used to have an infertility blog, and then it was about raising newborn twins. And then eventually it got to be about raising a neurodivergent child. Um, but I stopped after a while, and I was trying to figure out what to do with myself? What was my passion project going to be? I had so many things in my brain that I wanted to share and get off my chest, but I didn't know where to start. And it must have been around, let's see, December, November maybe of 2020 that my husband said, why don't you start a podcast? I'm like, why? (laughs) Who listens to these? Why would you listen to a podcast when you can listen to music? Like, I, I I could not comprehend. He loves podcasts, but I'm like, why would you want talking in your ear when you can listen to music? Um, but I thought about it, and I decided to give it a try. I just kind of went for it without overthinking it too much. And so in January of 2021, I started the On the Hard Days podcast, that first episode Um, of the waffle story, which so many of you have listened to and heard, I had to get that off of my chest. And I told the story. And I thought, all right, well, one of two things is going to happen. Either people are going to resonate with this story, and I'm going to know that I'm not alone. Or I'm going to feel like a terrible mother. um, And probably never talk about any of my experiences ever again. And thankfully, that did not happen. And it wasn't certainly an overnight thing. In fact, I didn't even want to tell people in my life that I had a podcast because like, then they might listen to it. And that's just weird. That's just weird. <laughs> but but I did eventually. And slowly but surely, this this podcast became a part of many people's weekly schedules. And to this day, I'm still getting these messages. Like I listened to episode 16 today. I couldn't believe you understood it like I like I feel it. Or 
I listened to episode three today. Or that mom that spoke two weeks ago, oh my gosh, her message was so amazing and really hit me in the gut. I mean, these are the the comments that I receive. And it's so validating for me that you guys get it. I know that the stories that you hear on the podcast validate you. But just so you know, I mean, the feeling comes right back to me. I'm not just talking into a microphone. I'm actually talking to you and you get it. And that's the weirdest yet best feeling. And I I still feel that same, wow, really? Even though it's been more than a year and a half. Just passed over the 51,000 download mark. um, And that's amazing. It's fun to watch it grow. You know, all those parts are fun. But what's meaningful are these mothers who are everyday moms. They are not um, professional advice givers. They're just drowning like you and I. And oftentimes when I get ready to interview a mom, she says, I don't think I have anything of value to share, or I don't think my story is anything special or whatever. And every time I'm like, no, trust me, it is. Yes, we have the same story, but you bring with you who you are as a person. And with that comes wisdom that you probably don't even know you have. Um, a clear level head sometimes. Sometimes it's it's just a mom being able to say, this was terrible and I had a really, really hard day, but here's how I'm moving forward. And that's that's enough. You don't need a special story. I don't want a special story. Everybody on the podcast are moms raising neurodivergent kids, going about their everyday lives in often survival mode. I'm not looking to give out uh, unsolicited advice. (laughs) I certainly don't have it anyway. I just want moms listening and dads if they're listening too, because that's pretty cool. But moms listening to feel validated. And I know that I feel validated. I I really, truly do. And that's why I'm so excited that this is still here and this is still happening. So this 100th episode is a milestone for sure, but it just has me looking ahead, not behind. I just cannot wait to keep going. What else can we do here? How else can I get this message out? There will never be a shortage of moms who are struggling. And as long as you are feeling brave enough to share, then we're good. Now, one of the things I'm hoping to do, I'm sure, you know, a whole year goes by at least and and things do change, but I'm I'm going to start putting out two episodes a week, but the second episode is a mini one, um, just me answering some questions that I often receive um, about uh, evaluations and medication and schooling and and all kinds of things. Um, And maybe that will change and and morph into something else. Who knows? But at the very least, this podcast is not going anywhere because you're listening to it and because it's making a a positive difference in your life. And it's making a positive difference in my life. Truly, nothing else I could be doing. Mothers together, mothers evolve, none of it. It wouldn't have happened without this. This was the first step for me. And knowing that there are people out there who need to hear these stories, that it is a matter of letting go of massive amounts of depression and anxiety and and overwhelm and and guilt. 
Um, but hearing someone else's story that sounds like yours could just be the thing that starts to turn it around for you. And so I am, again, so, so grateful, beyond grateful, that you're listening. You could be listening to anything else. And there's plenty to listen to out there in the world. There's a lot of noise out there in the world. But if you were listening to an episode of this podcast, I, I, I'm i just blown away. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for, gosh, so many of you have sent episodes to not only friends, but teachers, doctors, I mean, therapists. It's crazy. It's crazy. I can't believe that this wasn't done before, to be honest. I'm happy to be the one to do it, but like, why are we not talking about this and why did it take so long? So let's keep the conversations going. You know, I'm always looking for moms to um, bring on the show and I'm always looking to chat about whatever it is you need next. I've got the community. I'm launching the program. What else? What else do you need? How else can I serve and support you so that you can parent in the way that you truly know best, even when you don't think you know best, but you do. So reach out to me anytime. You guys know how to find me um, on uh, Instagram, um, my Gmail on the hard days at gmail.com. Um, you can go to my website on the hard days.com. There's, there's plenty of ways to find me. Thank you so much. Cannot believe we're here at the 100th episode. So now I'm going to give a brief um, rundown of the pilot uh, for October for Mothers Evolve, hearing those mentors speak just to get a little bit of a better sense of who they are. And then we're on to finish part two now of Kim Heilig's episode. So I want to start off this episode with something a little different. I have to tell you guys the story. Um, I recently met with the mentors who are helping me with my new program, Mothers Evolve. And we have these brainstorming sessions every couple of weeks as we launch this brand new program. And in the last time we met, we were all sitting around the, the Zoom, and it was the first time the five of them had come together and really met each other. So they were going through their stories and talking about their passions and what they bring to the table as these amazing mothers of neurodivergent children who have a message to share with the world. Um, and I'm so lucky and thankful that they're going to, to do that through this program. And so they're sitting around and we're having this conversation and we were recording just in case I needed to go back and get some notes later. But I realized that as they were sharing a little bit about themselves and what they believe with the group, that it would make the perfect soundbite to explain to you who they are. So I have pulled out a short little uh, audio clip of each of them that was not planned and completely spontaneous. And I'm going to share that with you because it gives you a really nice picture of who these women are and how they can help us as we go forward with Mothers Evolve. So first up is Kim Heilig. And gosh, does she just calm me down. And I learned so much from their stories. And the overarching heartbreak that I heard was um, that they had been weaponized against themselves, mm -hmm. even in trying to find help for their child. Um, so I love to, on behalf of just my field, apologize um, 
for how they have been missed. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that it is not the mother's flaws, but that their joy, their strengths, their um, inner life is the best gift to their family. And that doesn't have anything to do with the outcome of their children. And so I'm really passionate about helping them find rhythms of quiet and slowing their lives down enough to hear their own voices again. Um, and yeah, just, I think stepping past the guilt um, into a different kind of space would be what I hope for their time. Mm -hmm. Every time I hear Kim talk, my blood pressure drops. One hundred percent. It's a gift, 100%. Kim. Oh my gosh, it's so good and so relatable. Amazing, right? Kim Heilig is going to be the first mentor um, for the Mothers Evolve program. That very first month, we're talking about those themes of slowing down and quieting our brains, which are on overload all of the time, finding that safety and grounding ourselves. And Kim is going to help us do that. Now, the second month of Mothers Evolve, we're getting some serious help from the amazing Megan Pizarro. Now, she... Oh, gosh, she talks so much about understanding our own energies and our wiring, why we are the way we are. What awareness of ourselves, of our children, do we bring to this parenting game? And most of all, she talks a lot about grief. Now, she has seen her fair share. She also talks about how we as moms of neurodivergent kids, we go through a grieving process because this isn't what we thought our lives were going to be like. We never never could have imagined it would be like this. And there is grief in that, and that's okay. So Megan's going to help us understand that, wrap our brains around that, and then move forward. If you don't understand why your child is the way that they are and why you are the way that you are, then it is so much harder. So my background in grief, my first husband passed away. He's the dad of my child who's neurodiverse. Um, he passed away a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And then I also have a baby girl who passed away. So that background in grief helped me to understand a, a few years ago that what I was experiencing, my feelings toward my son, who's neurodiverse was grief and how I had to process all of that in a way that was very similar to the way that I grieved my family members who had actually passed away. And so learning to grieve these experiences that we thought we were going to have as moms, you're doing the same thing. For our third month of Mothers Evolve, we are tackling the themes of trauma and finding the truth about who we are through working on our nervous system. So I don't know about you, but my <laughs> triggers are screaming loud, loud noise, um, trying to hurt other siblings, aggression, right? Disrespect. And it's been really an amazing and interesting process to figure out why I am the way that I am and how could I look at myself in a new way to help me understand my child and then react to him in a different way than I have been doing. Avril Brown is going to help us get there. She, gosh, when she was on my podcast, um, we had the most amazing conversation and I felt so seen and heard by her. She gets me. She gets it. Take a listen to what she has to say about herself and Mothers Evolve. I, like I'd seen, 
and low functioning anxiety and depression and stuff. I never thought I had anxieties. Mm-hmm. I had no anxiety. And then I said to my husband about four years ago, hey, I think I've, I have always had a level of anxiety. And he was like, no shit, Sherlock. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> why didn't you tell me? You know, like, because it never looked like, you know, it was always high functioning. So it was not like I had seen anxiety before. Um, but of course, my son has anxiety. So it was it was when I was able to see it through him. Gosh, uh, yeah, what a mirror these kids are for us. Mm-hmm. And it's so confronting. And it was him. Honestly, I have my son to, yeah, to sort of really honor for saving my life because he forced me to do the healing for myself that I would never have done if it hadn't been for him. So after that third month, you know, we have really done some deep work on ourselves. And in the fourth month, Aaron Yeshin is going to help us turn that corner up the, up the other side of the mountain. Um, her jam is perspective. She is so good at helping people take situations that they're struggling in and reframe them in a positive way. Now, she is a wonderful example of having lived this in her her life. Um, And I have two episodes with her on my podcast as well that I highly recommend you you take a listen to if you've not already heard them, because she's an inspiration. The way that she shows up for her child, for her family, for herself is downright inspiring. Take a listen. Just helping people go from, you know, chronic doomsdayer, which I had been just essentially conditioned to do into a reframer and a real time reframer. Like you have, it's a muscle and you have to be able to exercise it in real time. You know, we as mothers, I was having this conversation with Megan. I hope you don't mind me divulging, but you know, thinking, you know, I thought I was a positive person, but I guess I'm just really not. It's like, no, you really are a positive person. You have been conditioned and you are stuck in a self survival mode that is making your mind slog through this stuff. And, you know, when you think about how much control our thoughts and our internal monologue, especially towards ourselves, holds our life Mm -hmm. hostage, you know, if you can have trauma dictate your life, well, then healing can dictate your life too. And, Mm -hmm. and there's a better way to say that, but um, I, it, it literally, and I mean this, in the most accurate way possible, it saved my life. Changing my mindset saved my life. I was literally dying from stress. We finish off in month five with the amazing powerhouse of a human, Tiffany Kane. Now, Tiffany is all about possibilities, opportunities. Now that we've kind of come up the, the other side of the mountain and we're starting to feel so much better about who we are as mothers of neurodivergent kids, what can we do with that? How can we, first of all, empower ourselves, but then maybe empower other women too? This is where we're finding our strength. We're finding that inner peace. And we're realizing not only are we good moms, we're amazing moms and amazing women. What can we do with that? How can we show up as our best selves every day with no pressure, no judgment on ourselves, just trusting that we are the exact mother that our child needs? And that is enough. So Tiffany's going to help us get there. And here's what she has to say. There are so many gifts. Like we have so many gifts. And my thing is as women, we have been told for so long to hide them, 
to be quiet about them, to not shout them out, to not celebrate our gifts, to not celebrate our successes, be quiet. You know, you don't want to, you know, be too loud. You don't want to. And I'm like, let's shout it out because when other women hear our success and they're like, oh, I could do that too. And it's like, yes, yes, you can. Like we should all take up our space and be seen and heard. And that's how we're going to make a difference. Like we don't need to be quiet anymore. That's my big thing. Like I was told to be quiet my entire life. I, I left a cult. I was in abusive marriage, public education. You cannot be anything other than this perfect teacher image. And I'm like, no, like, no, I'm going to be seen and heard and, and I have things to say. So that's a little bit about each of these amazing mentors. And like I said, this was not prepared or planned. I just took these clips from a recent brainstorming session we all had. And as I was going through that conversation and listening to it again, there was a point where Erin talked about the program in such a, a well-explained way. She just kind of summed it all up. And I thought that I would share that last clip with you as well. This is what Mothers Evolve is going to be. This is it right here. Take a listen. Deep down, there's not anything that any of us are talking about that we didn't already intrinsically know deep down. We were just too afraid to admit. We were too scared. We were too worried. We were too conditioned. We were too stuck in survival mode. We were too um, not living authentically Mm. enough to really honor what deep down we all know what it is that we need. And that's to put our oxygen on, mask on first. But when you, when you don't feel like you can, when you've never seen that modeled, mm-hmm. when you know you have no idea where to start, that's why you need this program. That's why we're so happy to be here. That's why the synergy that is happening between this group of six powerful women is so palpable for all of us. I mean, every, I'm with Megan, every time I get off of one of these calls, I am lifted every step that I take for days because it's just so impactful. And it reminds me, not only am I surrounded by incredible strength, but all that is, is a mirror. And I'm reminded of just how powerful and strong I am. And so it's this awakening that we can offer all of these mothers. Like we're not teaching you to be anybody other than who you really are. I hope that you found all of this helpful and valuable and you're starting to really get to know these mentors. They are going to have uh, an integral part of this program, especially at the beginning of each month as we kick off the theme um, and get started with working on ourselves in this way. If you are ready to sign up and join us for the October pilot, remember this program launches in January of 2023, but I'm doing a a little appetizer, if you will, of the program in October. And I'm looking for mothers who are willing to pilot it and give it a whirl, give me their feedback, let me know what they think of it so that I can perfect it for the January launch. If you are ready to join us for the October pilot, head on over to ontheharddays.com forward slash pilot to sign up and join us. I will put you on a separate email list just for those who are joining and we will get going right at the beginning of October where you will see these amazing mentors and myself live, have the chance to ask questions, and we will kick this off. I am so excited. So once again, you can go to ontheharddays.com forward slash pilot or reach out to me 
on Instagram at on the hard days with dots in between each word. And I'm happy to chat with you personally and, and go from there. All right, my friends, on to the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Would your, I mean, you haven't made the decision yet, but would your middle child want to be homeschooled or do you think that would be a fight? He, he does. Um, he will also grieve school. It's a both and for him, for sure. I think if we did another year at the school, it would be definitely more costly because he would be even more entrenched. But, um, but he, I think that he's a kid that will land on his feet no matter which option. But I long, you know, as a family to get to travel and and have that flexibility now that I'm not working. Um, and so these two years have been hard on me, you know, doing both. Um, I go deep. I don't go wide. That's just part of who I am. And so I have felt stretched thin, even though it has been necessary. It would have been so terrible if we had all been home, but it's been really sweet to practice cheering for each other. So like, as soon as this happened, you know, we, we had a family meeting and, um, told the, the kids, our decision that my middle was going to continue at the school my oldest was going to come home and that the why was because of their different strengths. And so we want to be a family that cheers for each other's strengths. And this is a year that we get to do that. And they really rose to the challenge. And, you know, there's going to be a new layer of healing if my middle comes home because he excels in school. He doesn't have the learning disability parts and, in some ways that's going to, I mean, that's going to be a challenge, but what a beautiful framework that I'm so thankful we started to build on before this happened. So we have language around it as a family of, you know what, that's not his strength. That's your strength. Don't get mad that he has different strengths than you. Um, cheer for him, like it. Mm-hmm. And even in like, it's been sweet in homework situations, my middle can like do math in his head. That is mm-hmm. shocking. Um, my oldest will never. And so we call the middle, the human calculator. So this is just an example of, you know, if my oldest is stuck on a problem, we're like, we need the human calculator and he'll come running and give it. Whereas I'm telling you two years ago, that would have sent everybody into the red. And so that's just an example of as a family, some of the gifts. Mm. You are laying that foundation down. You are creating that that framework. You are creating um, an unschooling. Now, not unschooling, but you're making your own little school under your roof, and it can look yes. however you want. But you it's are running game. that show, and your optimism, your just your your words are so giving. Um, that what an awesome place to be educated. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I know you say, I, I believe, <laughs> I believe there've been but... some dark days in there. <laughs> I can't, I really, I, I, I believe you, but I can't picture. I mean, I know, I know how it is with my, my own and, and those dark times. Um, but you're just so giving. What does a, now that some of that healing has begun, what does a typical sort of homeschooling day look like in your house? Yeah. For us, it starts with what I call morning meeting, which you'll, this is something I picked up in preschool that I started, 
even while they were in preschool, like not as a homeschooler and did in the summers because I just loved the concept from the homeschooling community, which was, you know, your read alouds all together in the morning as a family. And so we, we start with breakfast and, I've, and books, breakfast and books, and we will do his history read alouds, um, which that's never been a struggle. Like I am so thankful that they love listening to, to books. So we'll, we'll do that. And um, then we do a movement break and then we'll move into his hardest subject. And, you know, I, he and I had to really meet and talk through, like, we got to do some things when I felt he was ready. Cause there's a fine line between avoidance and, um, needing to not do something. And so that's been a very imperfect line <laughs> that I have blown through many times and he's blown through many times and we've, you know, had to fight it out, but we'll do our hardest subject first and then a movement break, usually math first. And then um, we'll come and do language arts type things. And there's so much curriculum to choose from, which can be a gift or another place where your gut gets swallowed. So um, yeah, it's, I've been able to pick some things that I think have worked a little bit better for him. And then I've hired a math tutor. I'm just gonna be honest, once a week, um, if you can call it, he calls himself a math therapist, his Kirk's tutoring. If you want to look online, he does um, virtual sessions and he's amazing. And he really has been a math therapist. <laughs> they laugh. They, um, it's just an hour every week. And it has been help. It has helped me trust the process because I've watched him work magic. Not that even he's like grade level or whatever. I don't even know what they do. He doesn't follow it's not tutoring like you would think, but once a week for an hour, um, he has that. So I have some nets in place that take some pressure off of me for feeling like a failure and honest, in all honesty, it's like, I know at least here, um, that he's getting caught a little bit. And then I'm fortunate to live in an area. And this was a big factor in my decision. I'm to be honest. I live in an area where I have a drop-off co-op once a week. Um, that was non-negotiable for me. I knew I would die if I had to do it every day. Um, and next year we're adding a co-op that I'll be in and then an, another drop-off co-op. So two days of the week will be um, with other kids. So um, I've had to get really creative in terms of like, how can I be okay in this situation? And, and some of Y'all, the answer might be, I wouldn't be. And you know what? I think that's a beautiful answer and an important one. Mm. Um, I am fortunate to have resources. I am not doing this alone. I did it alone a lot of the pandemic, like we all did, whether you're in public school or homeschool. And it cost me, it cost us all. Mm. Um, so I know moving forward, even more so that I need to be pulling on these resources and I can. And so that's a big piece. You are the most important factor as a mother. You are. So if it means that you would die in a pile, then you know what? It's not for you. And I don't even just mean like it's hard before it gets better. I mm -hmm. knew I had a vision for if it could get here, I could thrive too. It took me two years to even get there.
Wow. Wow. So, man, it makes me just still want to do it. I've said it so many times and I do think someday, how did you heal yourself? I mean, you talked a lot about how he healed. Yeah. What what work did you do on you to help you through this process? You know, I have been reading a book called Say Yes by Scott Erickson. And it's, let me, I have it over here. Let me read the tagline so that I can, it's discover the surprising life beyond the death of a dream. Um, and he had a little exercise in there that has been really healing to me. Um, because one of the dark sides of choosing to homeschool is it can feel like, well, if this goes south, um, wow, it's, it's, really on me. You know, I can't blame the school system. I can't blame. It's me. And there, I, it is hard to surrender outcomes, isn't it? It's just hard um, to not make a choice for the control of the outcome. And I think if we make a school choice because we want to control the outcome, we will be anxious and exhausted and the joy out of whatever that choice will be, will be swallowed up. And so my healing has had to look like pushing that pressure back, um, surrendering the outcome. It could all still go south, y'all, or it could be beautiful. But you know what? Who I am as a person while I'm on that journey matter is, is my responsibility. The outcome isn't. So he did an exercise in there, which every mom of a neurotypical kid's going to groan <laughs> because you're going to hear it. But it was like, I want you to think about your dream life. And as a therapist, I hate this question because I just want to be like, you know what? You've gotten to choose your dream life. If you can even ask that, you haven't come up against something that has been unmovable. So I just immediately bristle. You know, I hate it. You know, just picture what, what, what's your dream life? Don't hold anything back you know, just go for it. What are you really wanting for in life? So I bristled, but I was like, um, I knew this author well enough to know, like, surely it's not going in here. So I'm going to do it. So I did it. You know, I was like, oh, I just, what do I long for? And I kind of came up with my dream. Um, and then he said, now I want you to surrender the outcome. So if you said, for example, you want to live by the beach and that's like one of your wildest dreams, like what is it about the beach? that you actually want? Is it the slowed down pace of life? Is it the connected to the earth and the nature? Is that what you love about living at the beach? So those are the things you cultivate now with you. But the outcome, living by the beach, out the window, because none of us in this life have that kind of control. And gosh, don't we know it as mothers that we don't have that kind of control. So that exercise was really helpful for me. and healing for me that like, well, these are the things I long for and how can I cultivate them now without the outcomes mattering? And have you been able to do that? I'm getting there. Work yeah. in progress. <laughs> and just like all of y'all, you know, I'm still healing for the pandemic. Homeschooling during the pandemic was not homeschooling. And I'm, I'm aware of that, but I haven't gotten the fullness even yet. That's mm-hmm. coming for me next year in the fall. So of what I would like to, you know, the margin I would like to have and things like that. So it's, again, I'm, I will be the slowest to heal because, you know, we as mothers, we take the hits. 
but the beauty of of trusting the process I, I it will come more and more and I've gotten wonderful glimmers mm. even losing my work mm. I have grieved and um I mean grieved it took me some some really hard places but on the other side I've also gotten to start to feel this lightness of but I'm still me even without my job I'm still me and what a gift that is there is a soul a self to me that matters more than even what my job is that's an outcome too honestly talk about that talk about that (laughs) what do you mean I like the job is an outcome, the career, mm. the identity around yes. that. Yeah. I mean, plenty of people know what it's like to be unemployed. That's an outcome that I've been privileged to have. Um, and I hope to have it again. I'm actually going back to school. So part of my fall plan, part of me healing is that I am going back to school, not for therapy, but for something called spiritual direction. Um, which is more about unsolvable problems, <laughs> which is part of what made my job in therapy world frustrating at times. I, there were things that I knew couldn't be solved, and yet people want them solved always. And I cared far more about the quality of the person you become versus the absence of any suffering. And so spiritual direction is something that has kind of come up in me as a better option it's only you only meet with people once a month which works way better than homeschooling I can work across state lines I can do virtually and we're going to build a garage for my husband's new job so we're building an office that I could have from home that's separate from the house so um, it's been slow and surprising and there's been death and grief and where I thought my life would go um, but we really are resilient people. We really are. And mothers, y'all are so beat down and there is resilience in you. I just, I just want to say that. I could listen to you talk all day. <laughs> I really could. Um, I find myself relating obviously to everything that you say. I find myself applying your words to my life quickly, right? Right away. Um, That's such a gift that you have, no matter what the outcome is, whether you are Mm -hmm. practicing therapist or you're doing, uh, going in a different direction, but, or just being a friend and a mom, Mm -hmm. but that is your gift. Holy moly. That is your gift. Um, You know, thinking about education and, and teaching and deciding what direction my life may go in and, and being terrified of losing Mm -hmm. that outcome. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm not a teacher, then who am I? As if my qualities that make me, me will be gone when of Mm -hmm. course they're not. I like to connect Mm -hmm. with people. Well, I'm doing that right now. That's Mm -hmm. it's, it's digging deep and kind of that whole trusting the process thing, something will happen. Mm -hmm. Something you probably did not envision that you'd be building a garage and have an office. And, um, that's a whole different line of, of your life. You didn't see coming. No, I did not. And, and again, just like any good journey, you have to go through the dark and it was dark for me. There were 
losing my job as a therapist was a big death for me. It was a big part of my identity. And um, it's not that it's not costly. So I don't want to paint a picture. Um, I had to be faithful to the grief. I had to go through the dark to come through. I could have numbed. There were days where I didn't want to put down my phone. Um, that's always a choice when we come to grief or any kind of lament. And, and I, there were days where I had to call a good friend and say, you know what, I need to get out of this house because I'm not doing well. Can I come see you? I need to be in a different sphere. And, um, you know, there was work to be done even in the letting go of a dream. Wow. So do you think that you'll keep on this path at which you're going? I do. I definitely, you know, I play it year by year. Mm -hmm. Um, I keep it with an open hand and for sure next year we're, we're in. Mm -hmm. So what will happen after that? I do not know, but we're in for another year. Mm -hmm. Good for you. My last quick question was about when you were unschooling, Mm -hmm. did you sort of balance that, that line of, Hey, let's try a little work today. All right. Maybe not, maybe tomorrow. How about now? Mm -hmm. How did you know how to make that transition from unschooling to something a little more structured? Mm -hmm. So this may not be practical, but I did his testing his like state testing on the front end because I wanted to see where we were out of my own fear. <laughs> I was like, okay, how far behind are we? <laughs> really? is like where I was coming from. And thankfully he um, did very, very well. So I felt a lot of freedom, but in the places where I knew like, okay, we can't go too much longer here. That's where I kind of started practically speaking to like put in the lesson. Um, and that's where the tutors helped me. Um, we had family help us financially. It's expensive. This is, I'm not, this is a privilege thing. I can't even believe, you know, um, but because I knew that he learned better from others and I did want him to, pra- I mean, I don't be mad at me, but I did want him to practice white knuckling it some <laughs> because I do think that is a skill. The tutoring helped too. So it gave me freedom that I needed to take the foot off the gas. Um, Yeah. Does that make sense? Leaning on others and pulling from those resources too is crucial. Yep. Yes, that really was for us. And then, you know, a timer helped. I would do like, okay, fine, five minutes. And I'm just, and I, I, I had to get real firm because if I'm asking for five minutes, like I know we can do five minutes. So it's going to be five minutes and full fighting. But, you know, that's what we're trying to heal from. If he never um, tried, then how could he heal? So it, it had to turn a corner, um, but read alouds were every day. So that, that always brought joy to us. So that, that stayed. And honestly, that's, I mean, that's just the, the, you, a must have, and, and it's supposed to be enjoyable. It is not supposed to feel like work. Reading is supposed to be life-giving. Um, and really that's, if you strip everything else away and you only have that, then you're fine. It's you something. Know? Yeah. Yes. It's definitely And you something. know what? 
every kid is suffering from the pandemic. Every kid is a bit behind right now in so many ways. And so there's grace for all of us, no matter what the you know path is, we have some time. Behind doesn't even, uh, you know, according to whose standards, um, we're all on our own path. We're all in our own orbit here. And so you, you're always going to be ahead of someone and behind someone else and someone else. Yes. Keep on where, what works for you and and your kid and what feels right. This is, um, ah, just so good. But of course I knew that when I taught with you, uh, it's, it's so, um, motivating. It's inspirational. It gives me pause. It makes me think, um, but I really liked how, even though this was about homeschooling, it was about educational choices for your kid. This is about you and finding mm-hmm. that wholeness again and, and healing yourself from maybe there never being a clear answer to how do I help my child? There's, there isn't, mm-hmm. there isn't one. No, there is not. Wow. And so you're putting in the work, but you do it in such a graceful, lovely way. (laughs) Um, I just, honestly, I just could listen to you all day. So, wow. Well, good for you guys. I'm so proud that you have been able to kind of travel through these muddy waters. And it looks like you see some clearing up ahead. It does feel like that. Yes. There, there really has been. And, and if I could just add one, a couple other practical things that mm, yes. I meant to mention and forgot in, in weighing the decision, mm. um, sports and things, which I don't have athletic children. I never will, but I would like them to move their bodies because we know with, um, nervous systems is very, very, very helpful. And, you know, there was nothing left in the tank after school. And we didn't do any of them. So it was becoming a bit of a vicious cycle, practically speaking, where um, hobbies were very, very restricted for us because that tank was so empty. And one of the big factors for homeschool for us was like, well, then he could, we could do sports, whatever, you know, he wanted and um, he could get out and move his body more and it not be another emptying of the tank because that takes a lot of effort for my kids. That is not a natural gift, but it is a place of natural enjoyment, just like it is for a lot of kids. Yes. Um, so that was a practical thing too, that helped in that decision. Oh, it was me. Um, late <laughs> afternoons are my worst time of the day. Same. And so I like the combustion of things happening, yes. practically speaking, by late afternoon, when I had to get dinner on the table, when I was tired, it was uh, not my favorite. So I still combust <laughs> plenty, but at least they're getting like, you know, my mornings <laughs> where I'm not exhausted and don't have, you know, have to struggle to be present. So that was another factor that was helpful to weigh in. Could this be a fit for us long-term mm. after the dark? both of those, I mean, are so me and we're the same way. We're rushing off in the morning. We're missing everyone's on time to go do our things and sit on a bus for 40 minutes and, and then come home in a rush and everyone wants to crash. My kids, Uh especially my neurodivergent kid really just needs, Mm -hmm. honestly, he wants screens. 
which yep. although they are um, compound, <laughs> ugh, my, my enemy at the same time, mm-hmm. it's the same reason for him that I just want to and scroll through Instagram mindlessly because I yes. am done. I am done. And, yeah. and he is done. And now yeah. we've got 45 minutes and we got to go to baseball, which this was a couple of weeks ago. And that meltdown was, was a level 10 mm-hmm. because, because he didn't have time. He didn't have time mm-hmm. to come back to center and sort of who he is after mm-hmm. a full day of masking at school. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this as a society, this rushing around mm-hmm. constantly? Um, and yes. what an idea that maybe we could pursue hobbies as education, because they are. Yes. Huge. Learning some huge things in these, in these hobbies. Yeah. Real life things. Yes. Right. Absolutely. And if you're on a team or you're, you're with other kids, I mean, there's all Mm -hmm. kinds of natural, practical learning in every, you know, get together. Um, Wow. It's just, oh man, it gives me life. You are amazing. I really have always truly felt um, deeply connected to you and everything that you say more than I can say for the most, most of the people I know um, it's, you speak like right into my soul. <laughs> so thank you. Well, thank you. It's been such a gift for me to get to come and talk about these things. It, yeah, I've, I'm really thankful. You are so welcome here on the podcast anytime, um, a part three, some, sometime in the future, um, <laughs> we can talk about any number of things. So thank you again, Kim, for, for your time. Thank you. It's good to see you. Ah, good to see you too. Thanks for listening today. If you would like to talk with me personally, where we can chat and just get to know each other like old friends, I would love to do a discovery call with you go to my website on theharddays.com and click on schedule a call. And if you're not already subscribed to this podcast, please do so so that you get the latest when they roll out. Not to mention, please leave a review if you feel like this episode spoke to you. That way, the podcast will be shown to more mothers. And finally, you can find me on Instagram at ontheharddays with dots in between each word, or in my free Facebook community, On the Hard Days Podcast and Community. If you are feeling isolated in your parenting journey, I encourage you to reach out through any of these means so that I can connect you with your people and support you in whatever way you need.